0: So if you happen to have a Bible there, why don't you get it in your hand to start with? (laughs) I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 28. And what I want to look at, and I have a sneaking sneaking feeling that this is going to turn into a series very, very quickly. (laughs) Um, Because I have much more to say than you can bear right now. We have been unpacking this whole thing around destiny and the kingdom over pretty much the whole of this year. And I want to keep building into that. I can't help but build. It's kind of, it's part of my gift mix is I'm a builder. I can't help but want to build. Um, I want to build structures, foundations in us that see us set up and propelled into that which God has called us to do. None of us were created to change our belief system and do church until we die. Okay, thank you. I'm just glad there was somebody out there, a couple of you that heard that. Um, that, that That is not our destiny. You were created for so much more than that. And we are put on the earth right now for such a time as this. And we are meant to be the head and not the tail. So your destiny in particular looks like uh, yours ours together looks like us as the church coming to a place where we're the head not the tail now that's not a dictatorial mandate it is an influence mandate though so i want to suggest that actually let me read from deuteronomy 28 if you happen to go there did i say deuteronomy 28 before or did i just think it did i say it? i actually said it too okay that's often helpful I said a few other things, yes. Deuteronomy 28, I've read from this quite a number of times because I really love this passage of Scripture because it's in the Old Covenant, but but the writer of Hebrews tells us that in the New Covenant we have a better covenant with better promises. So whatever the New Covenant promise is, it's even better than this. Now, there's a whole heap, we could read the whole chapter and it would be awesome. I'm just going to read from verse 9. Um, it says... And this is the promises of obedience. He says, The Lord, talking to the nation of Israel, the Lord will establish you as His holy people, as He promised you on oath, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to Him. Then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity, not just prosperity, but abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors. And as I've said before, all of those things are actually the tenets of their economy, interestingly, because it was an agricultural economy. So the more kids you have, the more people you have working in your business, the more livestock you had, the more money you made. So he actually spoke straight to all of the tenets of their economy. And then he says, The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. This is where I want to get to. You will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day, carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Always at the top never at the bottom and again like i said that is not a dominion dictate it's not a dominion mandate in a, in the sense of dictatorial it is a dominion mandate in the sense of influence in that the nations of the earth those who are not the people of god will look to you and as a result of what they see on your life they will fear god because they will see there is no way they could get to that place or there is no match for what it, It is that they bring, whether it be the excellence, the insight, the wisdom. There is no match for it anywhere on earth. That has to come from above. That's the whole idea of it. That is our destiny, both individually and corporately. Now, the corporately is important because if we don't do it corporately, it will never influence the world. It's a very rare individual that influences the entire world. Jesus was one of them. He did a fairly good job of it. But for the vast majority, it takes a whole tribe to influence a nation and a planet. It always says, you will be the head, you will not be the tail. Our destiny will bring us, when our destiny is completely fulfilled, it will bring us to a place of influence. Where we're the top, not the bottom. Where we're the head, not the tail. Now, church has been famous for quite the opposite. Church has been famous for many, many decades, if not centuries, for being the tail, for being stuck in the past. And for copying, if you like. I've got a little video that I want to show you here. It only goes for a couple of minutes. But I want us to get an understanding of the sort of context that our world is moving over the next 10 years or so. Because this is the context in which we are... It's not the only context, but this is the context where we are called to be the head and not the tail. Let's have a look. Thanks, Kel. Interesting final question there. And I'll pop that video up on our Facebook page so you can um, watch it again if you like because I know the text was hard to read in a couple of places because the projector up there is very, very cheap. Um, but that, la- that last question there, how will you keep up? Now, it's into that context that we are promised to be the head and not the tail. That's a little bit trippy, right? (laughs) It's in that context where we're called to be the head and not the tail. Um, If you did AI, artificial intelligence, um, it is already way more advanced than you think. Machine learning um, is way, way more advanced than you think. In fact, these devices contain a whole lot of it, and they get smarter the longer that you have them with you. And that is only going to become increasing. Um, Already right now, a computer lawyer was set up against a real lawyer and they were given a scenario and by the time the real lawyer had found which act specifically applied to that situation the computer the artificial intelligence computer had already found the act looked through all of the act looked through every possible precedent that that was relevant to that case and had not only spat that information out but had actually given legal advice based on what it based on all of that data before the human by the time the human had only just got to find the right act to look up anything that's rules based like that even medicine you saw there nanobots are going to wipe out diseases what used to fit in a building in 20 years will fit in a human blood cell this this is crazy n- like out there stuff driverless cars are already safer than humans i know some people will freak out at the idea of that But in Pittsburgh, a test was done. um, We were talking about this earlier in the week, weren't we? Um, There are about 500 driverless cars on the road, 16 accidents over the test period, I think it was about a year. 15 of them were caused by humans. Only one was caused by the computer. Um, Because computers don't get tired. They don't get distracted by their mobile phones. They don't need excess coffee in order to stay awake. Now, why am I telling you all this? A, I find it really fascinating. (laughs) <laughs> and immensely interesting. Um, but the point is we are still told that we are the head and not the tail. And yet that hasn't been our experience. And we look at that and go, oh, my goodness, how will we ever keep up, let alone be the head and not the tail? So I want to talk to something that is absolutely kingdom and absolutely critical as a destiny capability, if you like. Um, when, we're out, when I'm out in the workplace, uh, when I'm out in my corporate world, one of the things I talk to when I'm coaching people, and especially talking to senior leaders, is that one of the most important things that you can have in this day is what we call learning agility, the ability to learn. It's not your knowledge that matters anymore, it's actually your ability to learn, because everything's changing so fast. By the time you're in year three of an engineering degree right now, what you've learned in year one is, is irrelevant. That is how fast everything is changing. So our ability to learn is critical. And as we're talking to leaders about how to recruit and what to recruit for, one of the key things we recruit for is learning agility. Does this person have the ability to learn quickly? Now, turns out this thing called learning agility that we talk in the world is a bit of a kingdom value. And not only, it's not just about learning. There is a a broader Capability is the only word I can find right now. There is a broader skill set. There is a broader paradigm, if you like, that I want to pick up. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Incidentally, I don't know if you remember, the the photo of the Chinese guy, Dr. Hiroshima, I can never say his name right, and it looked like there was two of him. The second one was a robot. And it was nearly as smart as him. So that, that video came from a conference I was a part of last year and he was one of the speakers and he was out there and trippy. Um, but there is something in church culture where we haven't created the sort of environment where that sort of stuff comes out of the church and we have the Spirit of God who created the entire universe living in us. Why not? That, that, that's kind of part of what I'm going after here. If we're meant to be the head and not the tail, something in us and in our culture needs to shift so that the Steve, the, the Steve Jobses, the Bill Gateses, the Warren Buffetts of the world are actually produced by the church because of the, the creative spirit context that we create that naturally gives birth to people who are the head and not the tail. That, that, that's what I'm after. I know I'm thinking too small, but let's start there anyway. So Matthew chapter 13, now this is a familiar parable and it's the bit—it's something that Jesus says just after this I want to pick up and then I want to uh, pick up a couple of other places in scripture where that thing has done and believe it or not, I can actually make this ground in about 10 minutes um, and we can land this thing. So Jesus tells, in Matthew 13 verse 1, Jesus tells the parable of the sower and I'm not going to read that because we, most of us would know the parable of the sower and it's not the point. But at verse 10, after he spoke this parable, verse 10, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? In other words, why do you talk in ways that people don't understand? It's not the best communication tactic, you know. You know, maybe you'd get a better following if you altered your, 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 your comms plan so that you actually spoke in ways that people understood. I'm reading in a little bit there, but it sounded funny to me, so I just thought I'd say it. So verse 11, this is what Jesus said. He said, that because, you know, this is why I speak in parables. He says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And then he says, whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And then he goes on, this is why they speak in parables. Now, what on earth does he mean? I, I always looked at that because there's a, another context where Jesus talks like that about whoever has will be given more, but whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken away. And if you don't have, then how can you have to have that thing taken away? It just didn't make logical sense to me. And I'm like, what what is he saying? And then I realized whoever has, we, we think of that as whoever has stuff. Whoever has stuff will be given more stuff, and whoever doesn't have stuff, even the stuff they have, even though they don't have the stuff, they're stuffed. It'll be taken away. <laughs> um, so if we think of this, Jesus says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven will be given, uh, has been given to you and not to them. Whoever has the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom will be given more, let's call it stuff, whether it's more revelation, more things, whatever. They will increase. In other words, whoever has this thing called the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom will get more. Whoever doesn't have the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, even the stuff that they have, they're going to lose. Does that make a little bit more sense? Because in another place, he's talking um, at the end of a parable, um, he's talking about faithfulness. And basically, whoever has faithfulness will be given more, and whoever doesn't have faithfulness, even what they have will be taken away. So in other words, he's saying there is this... This structure, if you like, this meta structure called the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, that when you have it, it will attract stuff, including revelation, to you. Does this make sense so far? I'm just going to build on this for a, for a few more minutes, but we're making sense so far. Whoever has the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, as, in a sense, as a meta structure in their world, as a meta, if you like, internal structure in the world is going to attract to themselves revelation. In other words, when you have the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, you're going to understand what I'm saying. That's revelatory. Now, so I want you to keep in mind that there's a meta structure, and then there's the stuff that comes with the meta structure that that attracts. Hang with me because I want to build on that. Because elsewhere in Scripture, it's like there's there's a meta structure, and then there's specific, if you like, knowledge that comes with it. Let me unpack that. I want to go to Proverbs for a moment. Slightly a longer moment than the other, but I want to go to Proverbs, wherever that is. It's in the book here somewhere. Now, there is a trail throughout the wisdom books, and Proverbs in particular, but it's in Psalms. It's also in Job's. You see it in Ecclesiastes as well. But there is a trail around the words wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Three words, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. The NIV uses the word discerning where others use the word understanding in some places. And in many ways, they're used interchangeably. But when you start to have a look, there's actually a structure about it that I think is interesting and I think is relevant. Now, Proverbs in particular is a brilliant book because the Hebrew Hebrew word for proverb means more than just a wise saying. It actually means, I've written it here, it means to rule, to reign in power and to take dominion. So in other words, this book called Proverbs happens to be the say- mostly the sayings of the wisest, most influential person on earth other than Jesus that has ever walked the earth, being Solomon. And essentially, this is his manual of all the wisdom that God gave him that enabled him to reign, not just reign as a king, but to have, he had dominion in that political kind of control sense because he was a king. But he even had dominion in an influence sense over nations that he didn't rule over because we know the Queen of Sheba came to visit to go, what the heck is it with this guy? And when she saw him, she was absolutely stunned and threw a whole lot more cash and gold at him because she was so impressed with this guy called Solomon. So his influence extended beyond his rule. So Proverbs is a real key to us. I actually think the life of Solomon is a real key to us in this day and age because he demonstrates what, what it's really like to be the head and not the tail. So Proverbs 1 1 in the Passion Translation, I love the Passion, it's awesome. Um, It says, here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. And one of the key themes to empower you to reign in life is these keys around wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And that's what I want to unpack. But first, Proverbs 4, 5 to 9, this is what it says about wisdom in particular. We've talked about wisdom in the past. It's not just wise counsel. It's creative solutions to the problems of the world. Wisdom is creative in nature because wisdom was involved in creation. We see that in Proverbs chapter 8 in particular. Um, the Proverbs 4, 5 to 9 says, Get wisdom, get understanding. And this is coming from the wisest guy in the world. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. I love this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. That was Solomon's counsel. If you want to reign in life, get this thing called wisdom, get this thing called understanding. It says, Cherish her and she will exalt you, embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. She will make you the head and not the tail. She will make you the top and not the bottom. Now, let me let me unpack. That, that is also say this, this thing called wisdom or this thing called understanding. Is like the meta structure, if you like, that enables us to be the head and not the tail. Now, I want to read a, a, a few proverbs here that give us the sense of this meta structure versus the things that come with it. So, Proverbs chapter fourteen, verse six, it says, "The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the one who has understanding." Now, let's pick a, pick apart the meta structure from the the specific that comes with it. It says, "To him who has." Understanding, the metastructure, knowledge, the specific, comes easily. Like we said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, when you have that, you'll be given stuff. To the discerning, knowledge comes easily. Proverbs 21.11, When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise, but when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. So we saw before, knowledge comes to the one who has understanding. When the wise, metastructure, is instructed, he receives knowledge, the specific. Let's keep going. Proverbs 10, 13, Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. So in this instance, understanding, again, is the metastructure which attracts to it or outflows in wisdom, the more specific. Proverbs 18, 15, the heart of the discerning or... That's the speakers in that room. That's awesome. Was that the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. So the heart of the they who have understanding, depending on the version you have, attracts to it knowledge. Get the idea? Metastructure, understanding, what it brings with it is knowledge. Proverbs 24, verse 3 By wisdom a house is built, through understanding it is established, through knowledge its rooms are filled. So wisdom builds and establishes the house. Knowledge comes in and fills it up. So you can see there's a meta structure and there's this more specific kind of thing that comes in with it. And then Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, coming out of Proverbs for a moment, it says, He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Do you get the idea? There is this metastructure that actually attracts stuff. Now, what does this mean? Let, let me try and give a couple of examples to illustrate this. Because I think often we play for knowledge of stuff, the specific, when actually we need to be praying for the metastructure that attracts it. Because that metastructure that attracts it is what will make us the head and not the tail. So backing up for two seconds, in order for us to be the head and not the tail, there's two things we need. One is this thing called understanding and the other is this thing called authority. And I'm not talking, again, like political authority. I'm talking authority in spirit. We need to understand our authority and be able to operate in it so that we actually fulfill what we're created to do. But we also need understanding. So if you think about like this, I have some knowledge of how a car operates. I know that spark plugs kind of light up the fuel. I know, um, that's probably about all I know actually now that I think about it. It's not much more than that. I know the radiator cools the whole thing down. I know know all of those kind of varying bits and pieces. The water washes the windscreen except when I like empty it and it just ends up with bugs all over it and whatever. But um, I'm pretty chronic at that. Apparently, fuel is important at some point in the, in, in the deal. Um, but I may have specific pieces of knowledge, but a mechanic has understanding. So if we say knowledge comes easy to he who has understanding, the, the meta structure of understanding of how a car operates, that there, there is a fuel system, there is an ignition system, there is a cooling system, there's an exhaust system, and there's a few other systems around it, they, they understand the metastructure, and therefore, little bits about that particular carburetor, that particular kind of spark plug, that knowledge comes easily because they have this thing called understanding. That Does that make a little bit of sense? Um, some self deprecating stories. Before I had understanding about how the demonic and deliverance worked, wow, what can I say? Um, I had people running, screaming through parks. I had people literally climbing up walls. I got hissed at. I got spat at. I, I mean, I have had some really interesting experiences in the presence of demonized humans. It's just, it's just fascinating. I had some pieces of knowledge, but it didn't usually help me until God gave me understanding of how that worked which then gave a structure to put those pieces of knowledge into and now the hissing doesn't really need to happen and the screaming and running through parks doesn't seem to happen so much because when you when you have knowledge without the meta structure of understanding it doesn't have the breakthrough on it that the meta structure gives you are we making sense a little bit sort of I'm just remembering the climbing the walls, oh, mama. Anyway, where does knowledge come easy to you? This is a key question. Where does knowledge come easy to you? Because this is an indicator. Where do you learn easy? Because that's an indicator of a place where you may have understanding. And the places where you actually have understanding are an indicator, potentially, of your destiny. At le- there are indicators at the very least of a passion because we learn quickest in the areas of our passion. When we actually really care about something, neurologically, we're actually wired to absorb way more information. Now, for the vast majority of us, the places where we get understanding possibly won't be, I'm talking the areas or spheres of society and the world, may not be in church. Okay, Some of you have heard me talk about the seven mountains um, of influence. One out of those mountains is the mountain of of spirituality or church. There's six other mountains that are out there that are very much a part of the harvest that we are called to be the head and not the tail in that are not church, media and the arts, family, education, government, business. I've missed something. Health sort of fits into the business and um, and education realms. Yeah, I said education. Media, I think I said. Arts. Media and arts are two different. Yeah, two separate ones. Yeah, they're all in there anyway. Hey, food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not a mountain, it should be, I tell you. Now... (laughs) The vast majority of us, given six out of the seven mountains are not in church, that probably means something like six sevenths of us are actually called out there. And the 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 understanding that we have is often relegated by the church to something that really doesn't matter. And you need to lead a home group and you need to, you know, give a lot of money or do whatever it is um, that we as the church say you should do. Rather than creating an environment that is an incubator for this thing called the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, for this thing that is called wisdom and understanding, for this meta structure that actually attracts revelation. See, to be the head and not the tail, we actually need revelation that's superior to what the world is coming up with outside of a relationship with the Spirit of God. Now, they're still made in the image of God. Therefore, they have the ability to be creative. For some reason they've tapped into an environment and an ecosystem that has made it easier than the church to actually propagate that promulgate prof proliferate Propagate, thank you pomegranate you're back at food again so well, what are what are the one of the things I want to take in, and I'm going to bring this into land is I want you to make sure you pay attention to the areas where you have understanding even if it has nothing to do with church or the Bible. Do I need to say that again just to make sure that we actually make sure if we heard that? it is really important to pay attention to the areas where you do have that thing called understanding, where you can see into the structures of a problem, where you can see how, um, how a problem or a, a thing is operating and you can deconstruct it and you can put it together better, whether that's a person's heart, a person's life, um, a problem with an economy, a problem with a business model, whatever it is. Now, some people just see business models just like that. And in the church, we've never actually celebrated and understood that as a gift from God because when people come streaming to find out the ways of God, they come streaming to us and we have superior business models. Now, let me just take a quick sideline here for a moment. For those of us who are out in the world, um, this understanding thing can't be just about your craft, if you like, the thing you're good at, We have to understand the business of our craft as well. So if you're a coach, so let me take my industry um, for a moment. If if you do a lot of coaching, it's not enough if you actually want to have dominion, um, which will involve you making a living out of that thing and a fairly good one. Um, It is not enough to just be the world's best coach. You actually have to understand how to run a business around that. You have to have an understanding of a business model that people will actually pay money for so that you can do that or your calling and wisdom and understanding is going to be relegated to your spare time while you go and get another job to put food on your table. If you're a musician and that is, your, that is your realm, you not only have to be able to sing well, play well or whatever, but you have to understand how that industry operates or you're not going to get real far. You're not going to have the influence that we're supposed to have. In other words, you'll just be a person that can be really impressive at parties but doesn't have a lot of influence. And we're meant to be people of influence. Am I making sense? Yes. It's so clear in my head. <laughs> so where I want to unpack as we, as we go forward over the coming weeks is, is to help us understand this, this thing around spiritual authority because authority and understanding actually come together. So the moment I I started to get understanding around the demonic realm, my authority increased. There are things that I couldn't shift before that I could now shift easily, because I understood how it operated, and I wasn't intimidated by it anymore. In the early days, I pretended I knew what I was talking about, but usually demons know when you're pretending, unfortunately. There's scripture for that. When The guys were trying to say in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches come out and they got the snot beaten out of them and ran away bleeding and naked. That's a bad day in deliverance ministry. (laughs) They might have had knowledge, we'll use this name, but they didn't have understanding. What I want us to get as we walk out our destiny is that the Father, His promise over us is that we are the head and not the tail. There's two vehicles for, for being the head and not the tail. One is this thing called understanding. It's this meta structure that sits into areas of our life. And that's why I say, because knowledge comes easily to the one who has understanding. Where are the areas where knowledge comes easily to you? Pay attention to that. Even if it's not church, Bible stuff. Because there's a chance that you're actually meant to be very influential in that realm and that's part of your God-given destiny. And the church hasn't been good at validating that and creating incubators that actually foster that kind of stuff. And that's something that we need to get a whole lot better at. So pay attention to that. Knowledge is not enough for dominion. We need understanding. This is a real key foundation of destiny. Now, let me land this. Proverbs says it, Psalms also says it. And that is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We know from James, we know from Solomon that if you want to get wisdom, ask for it. That's the starting place. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who graciously gives to all without finding fault. That's what James says. We know that Solomon got it because he asked for it. But we also know that the beginning place is acknowledging that this is not about us being superhumans. This is about us acknowledging that there is a divine source of wisdom that is higher and more authoritative than us. And us coming under that, the debate we talked about at the beginning, same deal. There is actually a higher authority that many in our society would like to rid us of, but there is actually a higher authority. And As we submit to that higher authority, we become conduits through which that wisdom can flow. I've got a couple of prayers for it. Why don't we stand as I kind of bring this into a prayer place. There's a couple of prayers that I have for us. One of them is for those of you who have genuine understanding, insight in areas where you felt in the church, the, the church is kind of go, that's, that's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. What, what, would, what would you be messing around with that for? because it's not the Scriptures, it's not the Bible, it's not leading a home group or taking up offerings or whatever. I want you to go away today feeling validated that you are hardwired by God, the Spirit of God is in you and on you, and He is giving you wisdom and insight into stuff. Actually, the first mention of the, of the, the filling of the Spirit in the Bible is in Exodus, I think, chapter 33, where it says, the filling of the Spirit... Where, and I can't remember their names because they're, you know, Hebrew kind of names that I can't pronounce. That they were filled with the Spirit of God with wisdom in all kinds of arts and crafts. That was the first instance, the first mention in Scripture of the filling of the Holy Spirit. So as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he, he is going to give you wisdom, insight into particular areas in which knowledge will come easily to you that won't come easily to others. You'll be able to see things that no one else sees. That is a key area because that is an area where you will become the head and not the tail because you can see things that other people can't see. So I want you to feel validated. Validated. There's number one. That's my number one prayer, that you would feel validated in that, that the area where you have understanding is not irrelevant. It's actually put there by God and now we need to help you discover how to harness that and to use it for the sake of his kingdom. So that's one. Number two, is I want us as a community to become this sort of environment that is an incubator for the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, where we interact with the Spirit of God and we interact with each other in such a way that what naturally flows out of us is something the world goes, where the heck did you get that idea from? How the heck did you see that that was the problem? Where did that solution come from? I reckon that would be a pretty good day right there. Because we're created to be the head, not the tail. Let me pray. Jesus, you said that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom was given to your disciples. And we just say, we want in on that. We're in on that. Because we know that when we have that, we attract revelation. We become this magnet for kingdom revelation and insight that starts to come easily to us, that comes to us even when we're not looking. Lord, I want to pray validation. I want to speak validation as an authority figure in this house. I want to speak validation to areas in people's lives where they have understanding and insight that has been relegated to irrelevance by the church. And God, I just want to repent on behalf of the church of not recognizing and not understanding that you've created us to actually have influence out in the world. And Lord, would you give us wisdom as a community to become this incubator of creativity where the most natural thing that flows out is solutions that the world looks at and goes, wow, where did that come from? That is so what I need. Just increase your presence on us. And God, we ask, just like Solomon did, just like James tells us to do, we ask for wisdom, we ask for that metastructure, pardon me, that attracts all the rest. Because we want to take seriously that you said we would be the head and not the tail. That we would be the top and not the bottom. Do it in us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.